Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities with me, your host, Sean Leary, talking to local newsmakers. And as always, it is uncut, unedited, uncensored. I hit record and whatever happens, happens. So you get to hear me and my screw-ups and all their wondrous glory and my guests and their pithy and witty comments, unedited and uncensored as well. And today, uh, you should expect a lot of pithy and witty comments from my guest. It's Laura Adams, who is the owner, artistic director, and creative guru here at the Black Box Theater in lovely downtown Moline. And um, we're going to be talking to Laura about the fact that Black Box is, well, they celebrated their third birthday in January. Uh, Laura is also, what is your official title at WQPT? Director of Marketing and Local Content. Okay, Director of Marketing and Local Content at WQPT, your PBS station here in the Quad Cities. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But Laura, thank you so much for once again being on my show and i'm glad that it didn't traumatize you overly last time no it didn't not at all and i mean you know it's nice to you were here just before we opened and uh sort of gave us our little kickoff here and um it's nice to say we've made three years or we're into our third year i should say so that's uh that's really been a wonderful thing and i am a co- owner, co-artistic director, because I am with David Miller. He's my partner. And um, so he's, uh, it was just his show that just closed. And now I take over and do the next one, which happens to be called Silent Sky. Tell me a little bit about the next show. Well, if anyone has ever seen the movie Hidden Figures, um, when you have all of these women who were mathematicians and um, basically were helping with the space launch. um, Silent Sky is about a real woman named Henrietta Leavitt, and she was considered a, quote, computer. That's what they called these women, and this would have been like in 1905. And it was her uh, work with regard to stars uh, that that laid the groundwork for a lot of uh, astronomical things that were happening, but most specifically um, the invention of the Hubble telescope. Mm -hmm. So um, she was was a a visionary and um, one of a group of women, much like in, in Hidden Figures, who um, did all the grunt work, if you will, and um, helped on some incredible um, inventions and discoveries. There are so many women in science who have been behind the scenes. and I mean, not as if there are a whole lot of famous scientists, regardless of yeah. gender. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody knows Stephen Hawking and Carl Sagan and Neil deGrasse Tyson and and Bill Nye, mm-hmm. and I think that the list ends there in terms of famous scientists. Um, but uh, but there are. I mean, there were so many. I'm trying to remember the name of the woman who helped develop the first computer coding, which led to the internet. Right. Um, yeah. I actually I shared a story about her on my Facebook, and then just today we're recording this on what is it, the tenth today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the pictures of the black hole came out, and what I found fascinating is that people are starting to share this meme about the woman who helped develop the algorithm to take these photos. And I shared those on you know my Facebook and on quadcities.com Facebook today. And it's really kind of cool when you look at that. Is you know, it's cool to see women scientists get their names out there it's just cool to see scientists in general get their names out there everybody knows the stupid kardashians but nobody knows people that actually are contributing to society other than you know gross and grotesque materialism 
Yeah, I like I said when I when I read the play. First of all, it's really um, it's a really lovely piece. It's by Laura Gunderson, and it's it's. Uh, Got some dramatic moments, a lot of humor in it, um, some romance and all of that sort of thing. And so uh, there was just something, too, about the fact that these women um, really didn't have the same kind of... well, just what we today can have. We can have sort of have it all. Mm-hmm. Maybe not all at the same time, but we ultimately <laughs> can have it all. Whereas back then they made these choices. You know, were they going to get married? Mm-hmm. Were they going, you know, and, and her choice was, uh, I mean, she just loved this whole study um, and, and you know, left home in order to do this. And so when you look at, at the really the sacrifices that she made, she died very young. She was only 53 when she died. Um, and uh, and what, what her work, even to this day, is sort of looked back on and, and used as a baseline for some of the things that are happening today. Um, I just find her a remarkable woman. And I, and, um, uh, I think what I really love about, not only about this cast and, and the show, but the fact that um, on our stage in this cast, there are three new people. And that's one of the things Black Box, I, I guess, is mm-hmm. getting to be known for. Where, you know, there's always a lot of new faces on the stage. And, and I love that. And, um, and we've been doing a lot of pieces, too, that have a lot of eth- ethnic diversity. And that's another thing that I'm very proud of here. Yeah. You know, we did Lady Day early this year. That was the first show of our third season. Um, we'll be doing Guess Who's Coming to Dinner in the fall. And so, you know, that that sort of, um, uh, you know, product that we're putting out there that isn't just sort of the same old, same old, if you will. I mean, I remember the first time I saw Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And first of all, I was a ginormous Sidney Poitier fan. I mean, uh. huge. And the last speech in, in the movie that Spencer Tracy does is just, you know, about love and, you know, just rips your heart out because mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. And then you realize that there's a, a stage play that basically is taking that screenplay and really just putting it on the stage. And I'm I'm Pickled that we're going to have a chance to do that, you know. So, um, and like any theater, you're trying to find stuff throughout the season that people recognize and other new things. So that, that's how I feel about this. Guess who's coming to dinner? People know that that name. Mm-hmm. They might not know Silent Sky, but I can guarantee them that it's going to be a beautiful piece. When is this being performed? And what days, times, and how can people get tickets? Well, they can always get tickets by going to theblackboxtheater.com. Um, we're doing something new now on Thursdays. Um, we're calling it $13 Thursdays. Our normal tickets for the other shows are $16. So it's a way for um, folks who maybe uh, don't want to spend as much money to go to the theater. Um, we think it's a very affordable price, but we also think, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that there's so many entertainment options around the Quad Cities, just everything, music and dance and orchestra, you, you name it. We've got, and we've got theaters all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the most important things for us is to be able to um, give the, our patrons a really lovely experience from the time they walk through the door all the way through, you know, to through the show. And I think that we're we've been able to do that. I know a lot of folks who come in here and just like, oh, this is so cute. I had no idea this was here. And and I think that that sort of discovery is always kind of nice for us. Um, but, you know, we're we're just one of many theaters that are, that are around here producing a lot of different kinds of pieces. And I, I'm hoping we're finding our niche of not doing, you know, we're never going to do 
Phantom of the Opera on this stage because right. it's tiny. Um, but there are so many other beautiful pieces out there that we can do on this stage, and I think that's where uh, that's where we have our niche. And I'm 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 looking forward to finding other new things like Silent Sky for people to see. How do you choose the shows that you're going to do? Um, what are some of the things that go into your thought process in terms of that? Um, conversely, um, are there any shows that you'd love to do but are too difficult to, to pull off. Because I know when I, when I was producing, like we had shows that we would have loved to have done, but we were in the speakeasy next to Circuit 21. And so you have limited space, space to do it, um, amenities, in, 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 you know, to enable you to do things like that. And so you know, you've always got to think of those things that a lot of times people don't think about. You know, the fact that, okay, well, the space may be, um, um, not be conducive to do a, a particular show. Because people would suggest, oh, you guys should do this, you should do that. And they're like, I don't know if it's going to work in this space, you know. And um, and also budgetary concerns, you know. There are things that you'd love to do, but, you know, gosh, just costs so much money and the royalties are so much, et cetera, et cetera. Um, are there things, I mean, looking at the black box, you have, again, you have a much larger space than we had. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's still, you know, this isn't huge uh, by any means. So are there things that you you would love to do, but just it's not going to be able to pull it off where you're thinking, well, how can we potentially do this? And then aside from that, how do you kind of decide, like, you know, which creative muse to follow? Well, when we start to put together a season, um, we have our, you know, we're trying to have a certain number of musicals because they tend to sell better than right. straight shows, which is kind of a pity. But, you know, we're exposing people enough to, I think, to some of the straighter drama drama type things. Um, and uh, typically we are, we're pretty sure about like the first half of the year where we're, these are the shows we're going to do. But then um, we hold auditions and then we see who's come out um, and has shown some interest to actually be on our stage and so uh, sometimes the remaining part of the the season starts to get formulated around the talent that actually walked in the door um, I have I have actually pulled shows because I couldn't put people oh, yeah, sure. in there that I wanted to be in there and and um, I mean I'm just not looking for a warm body you know someone says oh, I'm, I can do that role well no actually you can't right. and so um, I think that you know that's one of the things about what we're doing here that we try very hard to um, obviously use the people who've walked in the door that's important I mean you have to respect that someone puts themselves out there to be judged for all intents and purposes mm -hmm. um, but then the other part of it is that uh, just looking for things that um, when you read it it's well you know it's the writing you're a writer oh yeah so it's always right. the writing I mean there's there and we, we've done some things that are not about you know the writing let's face it when we did clue that was because it was just very funny and a lot of audience participation and stuff like that and and it sold very well um, but I think when you're reading a script there are a few things that are out there right now that we simply can't get the rights to mm -hmm. um, there's a musical that's I'm not even gonna say it because I don't want anybody else to like get their hands <laughs> on it but it's a it's a it's made for this stage and um, um, but it's not available yet. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I had seen something in London a couple of years ago called The Truth. And it was, um, uh, it's a very, it's a French farce, but not in the sort of French farce of slamming doors and stuff right. like that. And it's really about people not being honest within relationships. Mm. Um, and it's very funny. It's very adult and not adult 
in the a lot of swear words and stuff like that, but adult in that adults will get this right. you themes. Know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, but right now it's still not available. I've I've badgered the poor people in UK for you know almost two years now, and they're you know it's, like, it's not available yet. It's not available yet. And part of that is they keep um, uh, the 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 source material that is uh, that is from France has been um, adapted, and they're adapting other pieces that now go along with it. So I think they want to sort of do the whole thing together as mm-hmm. opposed to one show at a time. But I'd give my eye teeth to do it because it's perfect for this stage. And I mean, when I first saw it I, and I looked at the set, I went, oh, that'll fit on my stage. That's the, sort of, <laughs> that's the thing that will fit on the stage. So I think it's, you know, I mean, I think for us, it's the choosing, um, having an idea of who might be available, um, having an idea, obviously, once people walk in the door, um, and then uh, uh, making some, you know, adjustments as we go along. Um, toward the end of the season, you know, we do. Uh, we have the folks that come in and do the podcast for comedy. Uh, the comedy, comedy thingy. thingy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Clay has written a play that is set. I believe it's in Clinton, Iowa, and um, they did a reading of it here once, just sort of to put it on its feet. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like we'll produce it at the end of the year. Well, that'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be great fun. And then um, a young... There needs to be more local... But I know there, there aren't a lot of local playwrights who are putting things together. Because right, right. it is. It's difficult to write a play. It oh, really absolutely. is. absolutely. You know, I mean, the one thing about it is when they did the reading, it's very funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's very R-rated, but it's very funny. And so... Um, and it's so many references in there are people in the Quad City area will, uh, will get. Right. You know, and so it's, you know, it's perfect for that. Um, and then uh, Chelsea Ward has written, who's a young actress here, has written a piece that is a musical, um, pretty much about her heritage, the her African American roots, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. And um, I've listened to some of the music; it's really beautiful. And that's another one that will workshop here, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great. Um, you know, to have the our local talent have a place to to put their pieces and and, right. and really that's that's one of the reasons we even did this theater because sure. we wanted for people to be able to do original work here mm-hmm. so there we are well and that's one of the that's one of the great things about being a smaller space and i mean that's what you know when we were in the speakeasy you don't have to sell as many tickets it's yeah. not like you're you know, Music Guild, and I'm not knocking Music Guild, but they have a big theater. You know, they have a big theater at Prospect Park or Circa. You know, I mean, they've got a lot of seats to fill, and so, and the high production costs. And so, if you've got a smaller venue and lower production costs in terms of a production, then you don't have to sell as many tickets. Not like you don't want to, but, you know, you have a lower overhead. You can cover your nut by, you know, selling a smaller percentage and so that's one of the cool things about being able to workshop you know local local stuff um what are um some shows that you look back on over the last three years that you are exceptionally proud of and conversely what are some shows that maybe didn't go the way you thought they were going to for whatever reason whether it's, you know, audience just yeah. didn't respond to it or whatever. Um, I have to say um, there have been a lot of things you put on the stage I've been very proud of. But uh, I think the very first show that we put up on the stage, which sort of, you know, exposed people to us, um, Brent Tubbs was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was a piece by Jeffrey Hatcher. And um, there it was a triptych of of individual monologues but very funny and nancy turling was in it and um 
the I think the work that the two of them did was really lovely mm-hmm. and audiences laughed and and you know you just can't you can't go wrong when an audience is right there with you and I right. really I really think that we've done stuff that has been extremely popular when we did crowns here it sold out every single performance and these were five women who were not actresses they were all gospel singers mm-hmm. but they but their personalities were so big and so rich that they just filled out these characters I mean they'd never been required to memorize lines and stuff right. like that but when they started to sing the roof went off mm-hmm. and you know in that respect I loved that I also loved the fact that it it had we had audiences in here who would never have walked in this theater uh-huh. and that was another thing that I loved now conversely um, we just closed the last five years and it was a love production it was you know a beautiful vocalist it was it was gorgeous but we didn't have as many people in the seats as we thought we would get and we'd heard a lot from people like oh we're so excited about mm-hmm. you doing the show we love this show yada 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 and you know that's great to say but you know this is a business and yep. um, you know and until you know you walk in the door and, and pay for your ticket um, it's just a nice thing to say about that musical. Um, so, I, so you know, there was that sort of disappointment with that. Um, you know, there have been things that have happened over the course of a year. You know, uh, we had a show that was going to open and um, for a variety of reasons, which I, I'm not going to get into, um, you know, it didn't it didn't make it to the stage, and so then it was like, hmm, what do I do to make up that money? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so I called a friend in in Chicago who was on Chicago Fire, and I said, can you come do love letters with me? And he did, and that was you know that was great. His name's Gene Weingarten, and so we had that show go up, and then I pulled a lot of people back um, who had done It's a Wonderful Life for me just to make up those dollars that we lost by not producing the one show. And so, you know, you have to be sort of nimble on your feet because, you know, the the bills come around every month no matter (laughs) what, Uh you know. And so, uh, you know, for us, there... I, I, I've been I've been mostly proud of mo- most everything we've ever done here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some things that you know, Rock of Ages. People come here to have just a good time. This was not something you'd walk out having some epiphany of you know some right. some, some brilliant thing that happened. Um, but then there have been other pieces on the stage that you know that I think yeah, you did walk out and it made you think and it mm-hmm. gave you. A, I loved when we did War of World War of the Worlds here. Mm-hmm. People who'd never ever heard. Um, you know the Orson Welles script. Yeah, um, that was that was great fun to expose people to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a lot of people say to us, "Why don't you guys do more of those radio type plays?" Because now we've done two of them plays that have been set, you know, to do as a radio play. And so I am looking at another script like that that we can that we can do because um, it's not that they're so easy to produce in terms of you still have to build a set, you have to still have right, to do all right. that sort of stuff. But I mean, actors uh, once they are familiar have still have scripts in their hands, and it's done as a radio show, and so. You you know, it's got that feeling to it. Right. Um, so, you know, there's... Love Letters like that, too. Um, love Letters a little bit, yeah. I mean, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's... When you can make people cry just by, you know, reading letters... Right, that, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful... Yeah. It's a wonderful script. Yeah, I mean, Air Gurney, come on, the guy writes beautiful stuff. But, um, but yeah, it was just... Those things are all, uh, I think, play into what this theater is all mm-hmm. about. Um, I think the more original stuff that we can get people to, to do, you know, to write for the stage, m- more power to them because I really would like to see 
those you know those people get their their day in the sun it's it's mm-hmm. it's so hard to get it you know i mean right. so hard to get things produced anywhere you know right, right. And, and, you know do you have a name or do you have a this or that or whatever and who do you know and all this sort of thing and it's not really like that around here and i mean happily i've you know i had a bunch of actors in there reading it and thought that's a funny script right <laughs> you know and so you you know people want to have a good time and that's one of the things about this location i'm so excited about you can come downtown Moline, go have dinner, go see a show, then go get a drink at one of the bars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you park once and it's a whole date yeah. night. And I think what's happening now is, especially with all the construction and stuff with the um, with the, the new bridge, people think it's harder to get to, and it's really not. I mean, I'm born and raised in Chicago. That is traffic. This is not traffic, mm-hmm. believe me. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that that's going on. And we have a new hotel going up across the way from us, and I think that's going to be a really good thing for the theater. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you take the good things that you can. I'm one of those people, my glass is going to be half full no matter what. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and that's just the way I, I think if you're going to own a business, especially one that relies so much on, you know, people's opinion about a specific title or something like that you better look on the sunny side especially when it's not sunny right right (laughs) so yeah so i think that that's just one of the things about about this you know it's like anything you want more people to enjoy the space and and utilize it and and have a good time and then still like i say come downtown and and go visit the other businesses right yeah Yeah, oddly enough speaking of love letters i'm actually working on a script called hookup texts which is like kind of a modern day take of love letters so yes well, you know, if you're looking for a space to put it in, I will. I'll you let know. you know. I'll give you. The, I'll send you the script, and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how do you? One of the things you're just talking about is kind of the environment down here in downtown Moline. How much synergy do you have with the other businesses down here? And also, how much do you have with Brent and Sarah over at Spotlight? Who are, you know, right down. You guys kind of two different spaces. You're yeah. kind of doing two different things. You're not really in competition with one another, but you're part of. You're really the only theater scene here in downtown Moline. How much do you work together in terms of any sort of co? marketing anything like that and same with any of the other businesses down here in the moline area well i do sit on the um the downtown moline center uh commission so you know i as a matter of fact tomorrow morning is a meeting where we're sitting and talking about what sort of things can we bring to downtown so people can come down and and check out some of the new businesses that are down here some of the construction that's going on and that sort of thing um and so we do work with each other uh i you know some of them do advertise in our Mm -hmm. program um um, and, uh, you know, that goes to everybody who comes through here, whether it's one of our shows or whether it's the magician coming through or anything like that. And then um, as far as Brent and Sarah, before they even did it, we all sat down and had lunch and because they wanted us to hear before anything. Sure. Um, and, you know, we're not going to do Hunchback because, well, yeah, it's you know, different we're, it, yeah, they're d- different. totally different spaces. We'd, if we put 26 people on this stage, we'd have to have them sitting on the laps of the people in the, right. you know, in the theater. So that's not in terms of competition, I wouldn't say that what I hope would happen and which we try very hard not to have overlapping shows so that people can come to the theater if they want to go to the theater they're going to find something at either one of those theaters to go to so you don't have to like wait three weeks or four weeks for a, you know a show to get up on its feet and then be open for you know two or three weeks so we try in that respect very much to to respect each other's timelines um, in terms of what is going on they've got big going on right now mm-hmm. and um, and we're dark Right. You know, so it's uh, so we hope that, that 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 helps people go to either one or both or, you know, 
spend the weekend going to the theater. That's fine. Um, and uh, you know, we've um, we have helped each other in terms of putting ads in each other's. You know, not for every show, but for some of the shows that are going mm-hmm. through. And um, you know, it's it's like anything. There, they've got a nut to crack over there, and right. we do here. And um, and uh, you know, certainly they've both been on this stage. Right. Um, and so you know, as far as I'm concerned, more power to them. And and you know, they do a lot of stuff with kids. Um, that's not our niche. And uh, so it's it's all good for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things we talked about before you open is just the fact that if you look at the local theater scene and how it's evolved yeah. over the years, certainly in a in a pause, very positive way. Um, and some of the things that you know I've certainly seen over the last you know twenty years here. Um, we look back on nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, early two thousands. There was n- I mean, I want to say there's nothing, but it was like the Playcrafters Music Guild, Circa, the ones that have been around forever, Richmond Hill, that were doing the same musicals. Like I said, I remember one summer seeing Grease like five times. (laughs) And so, Grease, Sound of Music. Oh, I know. We were, yeah, I was reviewing almost everything at that point. Like back late 90s, early 2000s, the dispatch had me reviewing everything. So I'd go to Countryside. And see Greece. Then I'd go to Circa and see Greece. Then I'd go to the Adler and see the touring production of Greece. Then I would see Greece at Music Guild, and then I would also see, you know, Greece, uh, you know, at some other spot yeah. plus spot along the way. And then you know we'd throw in Sound of Music and Joseph, you know, which I'd never <laughs> seen before either, <laughs> only thirty or forty times. Um, um, you know, now it's it's just you look at it, and it is it's it's so much different than it was, and you do have. All these different smaller venues that are showing lots of cool, cool space, like you know, cool things. When you look, I mean, you, you, Genesius Guild has been doing Shakespeare and, and the Greeks for for a bazillion sure. years, but then Frenzies came in and right. and they added a more modern take on right. on all of it. Um, you know, the the QC Theater Workshop that's done a lot of original work, um, and uh, as well as just you know they've got like us have a smaller a smaller audience, and but they have a little more. The, one of the things that they have there is they have the ability to change the configuration of mm-hmm. where their seats are and stuff like that. So that's a very cool thing. And I sat on their board for a number of years. And, um, and I mean, they're just, it's, it was a, it's a good theater. They do a lot of really good Oh, work. they do. Yeah, They've I mean, got done some yeah. really terrific oh, stuff. Yes. I love And I love, like, Aaron Randolph's original stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, so there, there are all of those sorts of things with, with those smaller groups. Um, I, I'm not really sure what Village is doing anymore. I mean, they I do don't, Yeah, they I do haven't seen anything there in a, in a, sort of in a while. Um, I know that Playcrafters is trying to throw some younger stuff in there. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of everyone's trying to find their niche who's the next audience that mm-hmm. you can get and um, I think it's good that you try that people try to do stuff with some of the some younger people but their disposable income is very different than oh yeah older folks and I mean it's so weird to have to talk about it that way but there's a reason it's called show business um, because unless there are dollars behind it you there's nothing gonna happen right and um, it always sounds so cynical when you say that because like oh art for art's sake and and but it's not can't quite be that way um, I don't think my land Lord's going to just say, "Oh, you're creating art. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's usually not how it works. Pay me this month. Uh-huh. No. And um, so I think you know, in in that respect, we we do rely on um, you know the 
the kindness of strangers, mm-hmm. you know, um, and people that, that, that come in. And we have many regulars now who come because they've discovered us and, and they like this the quaintness of this and the intimacy of this particular space. Um, but there are also people, these are the same folks that you will see at other theater, com- you know, theater companies. So they support the arts in general. It's not that they've just discovered, you know, the black box theater and isn't it grand. Um, and, and I, I just wish that more people realized just, you know, it sounds so awful. Take yourself out of your phone mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and go see something live. Um, I don't care what it is. Go to the Rust Belt and see what Sean is doing. Or mm-hmm. I just saw Bon Iver there this yeah. Saturday, you know, past and, Saturday. Yeah, and, and fantastic and, and show. Raccoon, uh, Raccoon Motel, and 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 um, you know, go to RME and you know, and check out our museums and and all of that sort of stuff. You know, when when the ballets uh, perform, not just to post on your Instagram. No, yeah, exactly. To actually, experience yeah, actually, and view yourself yeah. through your eyes and not yeah. the lenses and filters. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think one of the I, and I, you've probably seen this very famous picture of the Pope going by in the Pope meal, and everybody's got their phones up, and there's yeah. an older woman who's just watching him, no phone or anything, just watch, in the moment with right. what is actually happening. And so, you know, for for me, I think uh, you know, I'm not a snob. I mean, I, I like a lot of different things, you know, things that maybe I never thought I would have enjoyed, and then I go and just, you know, I laugh or I cry or mm-hmm. whatever, um, or, or didn't know anything about it. Right. Um, um, uh, you know, um, especially some of our educational uh, theater around here, they're trying some new things. But then now you've got Tartuffe going up at at, uh, at St. Ambrose. That's something that most people haven't been exposed to. They get right. your butt over there and you know go see it. Um, the stuff that comes through, you know, here at at uh, at the Adler, go see a, a, a touring show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, there we're just we're sort of have a wealth of options. And so you're just trying to do the very best you can, I think, um, and hoping that <laughs> hoping that you pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't think that you know, I don't think that's an elitist standpoint. I, I any God knows anybody who's fo- who follows me on social media knows that I'm far from a luddite. I mean, I'm yeah. constantly posting and stuff. But I think that there's a way to commingle. I don't. I'm not one of those people who invalidates your online existence yeah. because we exist online too. Oh, yeah. That that is part of our reality now. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore the fact that you are an online persona and a, and a an individual as well as an in person individual. And so. I think that there's got to be a mix of that while you can interact with people online. And it's a wonderful thing because you get to interact with people that you may not geographically be able to interact with um, realistically. Like, you know, friends of mine who I went to college with, family members, people like that who are in New York or Seattle or wherever, you know, California. And I don't see them in person very often, but I get to interact with them online as if I'm talking to them every day, which is terrific. Um, And I think that's the blessing of the online world. I'll agree with you on that. Um, You know, but for entertainment purposes, I always think, you know, sit in a seat or stand in an, uh, you know, an an arena and... You've got to commingle it. Yeah, absolutely. I I just think that's... Yeah, yeah. because you and I both know, because we've been around it enough that there is really nothing like the energy right. that that, that emanates from you know from performer and audience mm-hmm. that it's it's an amazing thing and and when when they are in sync together there's there's really nothing like it oh yeah you know that's just like the 
best. Yeah, when you get that yeah. zone going, when like you know everything clicks. Yeah, because it's because it's so funny. Because from night to night, oh, you it get changes. the changes, the, the dynamic of the crowd, the reaction to the show. Exact same show, exact same script, but. You know, and I always say this, and I've always said this in my reviews and columns, is the fact that anytime you see live performance, you are seeing something unique that will never, ever be replicated. Regardless of the fact that it's the same script, there may be slight intonations, different ways in which the person presents it. If it's a rock show or it's a concert or it's a symphony performance, they may play things. They may play notes just slightly different or do slightly things, have different gestures. And and then even beyond that, even if the performance itself was precisely exactly the way it was the night before just the reaction and the energy of the audience is going to be different so every time you step into a live performance setting you're seeing something you're experiencing something that you will that will never ever be duplicated ever in the history of the world so that there's something really beautiful and incredible about it there's a there's a famous um and you're part of that yeah and that just did and and, and so is the audience that's what and but there's a famous story that Laurence olivier i don't know which shakespeare he was doing but he after he was finished with a large a long soliloquy he went off and claire bloom was in the wings and he burst into tears and she said larry what's the matter and he says i'll never do it like that again Mm -hmm. i mean you know i mean when you hear that kind of story and you're talking about something someone iconic like Laurence Olivier and then and you realize he felt the same way as right. every little every guy who's ever walked on a, a you know a, 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 a stage as a you know just sword carrier or whatever right. you know I may never uh-huh. do it that way again and so I think that in that respect it's it, it's it's magical mm-hmm. um, and and that's I don't care whether that's dance or you know music or whatever that that's the same thing for any performer and that relationship with the audience in that night in that's in that moment and that's what's that's why people do it mm-hmm. you know because I don't know yeah there 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 are the people who make lots and lots of money at it um, there are all of us who are waiting for Game of Thrones to to finish you know this uh, this coming season and 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 but then there are those folks who are you know they they do it for the love of it mm-hmm. and um and really in the end it's the same it's the same feeling it's just is right yeah. right yeah and so often the people that end up becoming successful it starts off with that love and that passion because that is what really truly creates that deep connection yeah. with the audience i think i mean certainly there are crass commercializations of things that yeah. that end up making money or you know end up you know yeah. being successful commercially but you really you know there's a certain th- you know there's a certain nuance there's a certain connection there's a certain flesh and blood to something that's been passionately created and that has that resonance to it like game of thrones i mean yeah. it's so wonderfully done you can tell the people that are putting this together aren't just doing this to cash a check they're yeah. doing it because they find this world to be absolutely wonderful and just intriguing um so you can feel that when they when you you see that up on screen um you know it's the same thing with him like a quiet place scott and brian's movie you watch that movie and i mean god knows i've seen i mean i've been i've known those guys since they were teenagers and i've seen you know all their films up to this point but you watch that and you're thinking like oh that's a part of this this is this this is this and you see it's the culmination of all the cool little things they've done up to this point and then when you hear the 
backstory of how they were, you know, oh, Jesus, we're like, you know, right at the end of our rope. This is getting, where, when are we going to finally break through? Mm-hmm. And they come together with a script that's everything that they wanted it to be, and it ends up becoming something so magical up on yeah. screen. It's really, it's really cool. I mean, those are, those are the moments that you live for as I an think, artist. I think right now, um, and, I, and I'm putting on my other hat right now, my, my WQPT hat, um, <laughs> coming up uh, starting in a week, I believe it's week, uh, the six-part adaptation of Les Mis. Mm-hmm. And um, and very, very closely hewing to the source material. You know, I mean, obviously, we all remember the musical and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And rarely do you see the relationship that Fantine has that... Uh, produces her cosette produces you know her child uh-huh. and so usually you know she's just she's she's just this poor thing that sort of springs up on page whatever but this adaptation takes you from from the very beginning and i think that's going to be really really uh astounding for people i think they're really going to enjoy that um yeah and that'll start very soon it's beautifully produced well let's let's use that to transition over to your wqpt hat um so what do you have going on at wqpt that you would like to talk about in addition to that that's um you know particularly intriguing that people will want to check out well one of the things that um that i do i do a, a like many documentaries on on areas things that history that people mm-hmm. aren't really familiar with um i love when people bring me a story mm-hmm. um they bring me an idea or did you uh, you know sort of a did you know kind of a thing which then allows us to do the research because you know you're a writer and you know what that's like when you you get a, a nugget of something and then suddenly uh-huh. it's like you're off to the races right. researching and stuff like that and that's one of my favorite things about what it is i do and so um i'm working on a piece right now on john bloom mm-hmm. um that should be finished editing in another uh, couple weeks and um just discovering something that I didn't know about American regionalism um, and why it sort of went the way of the dinosaur for a, a long while, and that was that was a very interesting thing to discover. Um, I I didn't know. I mean, I you know I was like, why was it only like ten years long? And um, but to discover that it was sort of an art form that was being replicated um, in Germany and Russia and used in a very different way than we were using it here. And so people didn't like that sort of... uh they didn't like that art form suddenly all of a mm-hmm. sudden and then um having it come back into vogue during the reagan era um so it was it just was interesting you know for me personally just to discover um why that particular art form which was so midwestern um was not around for as long as you would have thought and everybody knows isabel bloom but how many people are really really familiar with everything that john did and so that's a piece that's coming out i have a i'm working on a piece um with a gentleman He's a he's a steeple jack, mm-hmm. um, and he's a free climber. There aren't many of them left in the United States, and so we have some lovely footage that that he's actually shot with drones and stuff as he's free climbing these steeples. And so you know, just discovering what those guys were like, a lot like. Um, you know, you're the guys who did horseshoes. Uh, uh, the, uh, not they would do horseshoeing, I should say, and um, and they would go from town to town. Steeplejacks, of course, did the same kind of thing. So it's a whenever you're discovering something like that, and you're you're able to make a documentary out of it, that's very cool. Um, also, working with um, uh, working with, as in, um, there are other folks producing. Uh, 
pieces out there that I've been working with over the years, and their pieces are almost ready for me to put on the air. Um, one of them by Conrad Weaver is called Heroin's Grip, um, which is dealing with the opioid epidemic, and um, I think that's going to be very timely, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's, it's it's really amazingly done. Um, I have more stuff from the Rundles that are coming, sort of the second part of of um, Letters Home to Hero Street, you know, the telling wow. other stories of of the of the eight. So it's it's really interesting. Um, we have so much history here, and we have so many um, people who are trying to, you know. Uh, memorialize it and i think that's one of the best things about about having a local public television station because that's what that's what we're there for we're here to tell our story um and it's this it's this story it's and and so much of what we do here really it can resonate nationwide Mm -hmm. but it really is about um is about who we are and why we are and you know why people come to the midwest and they go oh my gosh you people are so nice well Uh you know it's like yeah don't you ever run into nice people so i i think it's you know uh, it's really embracing who we are and and discovering that no we don't have to live in the big city to actually have talent um uh or to or to be creative or to um be nice Mm -hmm. or any of that sort of thing so i i i love the fact that um, because i come from a big city i'm i'm chicago born and raised and um so you know i never really thought i was going to live in the quad cities or you and me both i'm from chicago new york so yeah so I, i mean i never thought and i never thought there would be the opportunities that really are here um and i think that's you know i think sometimes people have to be be elsewhere come Mm -hmm. here and discover or come back um to discover that yeah everything that really you you need to do is is right here i mean if you want to set the world on fire i guess and go you know see if you're going to be a big name or whatever then i guess you got to go to the big cities but but you know scott and Right. <laughs> you know, the, the, you know they. So they, the, the, I think that all of us um, bring a lot, can bring a lot to the table, and mm. and uh, you know, and, and that's what we're, that's why we do what we do. And the things have evolved so much in the last two decades mm. here. You know, and I mean, I remember when I first moved out here, there wasn't anywhere near as much going on as there is now. It's yeah. it's much better now than than it was. You know, back in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, Actually, I have an idea or two to pitch you, but I'll pitch you off the the air. Um, What do you have coming up for the future? Any last words? We're going to wrap things up here. Um, What would you like to plug? Of course, tell us all about the upcoming show, the next show coming up. And what else do you got coming up, either on QPT or here at the Black Box? Well, um, coming up the Black Box in the summer, I'm uh, very excited. Uh, Georgia Jekyllin is going to direct Little Women for us. Um, And uh, it's, it's interesting because she tried to, to direct it a couple summers ago and didn't get enough people out to, to audition for it. And so now we have that going up on the stage and we have Assassins um, in the late, latter part of the summer. So those are two great musicals. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we'll be doing a lot more Mr. Scott's Explore, Let's Explore with Mr. Scott at WQPT. Um, and then the other part of it, too, is that... Um, you know, I still I still get to act every once in a while, and um, and I'll be working with Phil McKinley um, on Green River, which actually um, QC Theater Workshop did, oh. and mm-hmm. um, and Phil then directed again over at Augie, and now it'll be done again, but it'll be a part of the new season at Mississippi Bend Players because mm-hmm. I. I, I can't remember all the shows in the season. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> Biloxi Blues, I think we're doing, and then um, uh, uh, and then um, uh, they're also doing Dames at Sea. Cool. So, yeah. 
tell people about your website, Facebook, and such. Give yourself some plugs here. To, oh. where, where can people go to, to find out about all these wonderful things, Laura? Well, you can go to theblackboxtheater.com, mm-hmm. and you can buy get your tickets there. Yeah. Um, you can also go to our Facebook page, like us. We're like all those people. <laughs> our hearts feel bigger um, when we have a chance to uh, have people like us. Um, and more than that, I you know we're a small theater company. Um, we're no different than a lot of the small theater companies here, and we all rely on people who have enjoyed something to say something online about it because people are always wanting to know: is it worth my dollars? And and uh, so, you know, I hope if people come and see something, they write it down and they tell their friends and and uh, they come and enjoy all the little niches that we have down here in, in, in downtown uh, uh, Moline. So, you know, all I can say is support performers throughout this area. They deserve your support. Awesome. Laura Adams, thank you so much for being my guest. And, of course, you can always go to quadcities.com where you will find the latest stories on shows at the Black Box and um, stuff going on in conjunction with WQPT as well. So, Laura, thank you so much for being thank a guest. Thank you. I appreciate it so much, Fred, and I'm glad you can come down and see us after these two years and see how we're doing. Three years. Three, well, two, year, <laughs> two years total. This is going okay. into our third okay, year. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm being literal. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to the Black Box Theater here in downtown Moline. Check out some great shows. Once again, thank you so much to my guest, Laura Adams, the co-owner and co-artistic director. <laughs> I, I changed that there, Laura. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, here at the Black Box Theater in downtown Moline. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to QC Uncut, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities. I'm your host, Sean Leary. Hope you've enjoyed this trek through local theater history and a an amazing preview of cool things to come. Hope you have a great day. Take care.